Growing your business doesn't have to be difficult. It's all about knowing how to market and how to hit your goals. Hi, I'm Erica Martin, leading marketing expert from a small town in Minnesota. I left my corporate dream job to become an entrepreneur running multiple successful companies. As a marketing consultant, I want to share with you how I've been helping my clients for the past 17 years grow their businesses. I want to help you obtain your goals for your business that will give you your dreams. Let's get those goals. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Goal Getter Podcast. And I am on today with my guest, Stephanie from Social Create Creates Impact. And so welcome, Stephanie. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to to converse a little with you. Big fan of what you're doing and the topic, so this is exciting. Thank you. It's awesome. Um, so Stephanie, um, Stephanie and I met online, and um, what kind of interests me about Stephanie from other guests that I've had um, is that Stephanie doesn't have just a company. She has so much more. There's there's a legacy behind what she is doing, and. With Stephanie, what kind of caught my eye is that we, we have a similar story where Stephanie um, was in a corporate job and then she went on on her own and, you know, was kind of looking for what's the best fit. And I feel like our stories are very similar because I've done all of that. I've worked for corporate. I've worked on my own and trying to find out what your path is, is kind of, you know, the hardest part of being an entrepreneur. Um, so Stephanie, kind of tell us about your business and how you know, kind of what you're doing. So right now, I'm going to start with the the business in quotes, what I'm doing right now. Um, Social creates impact is my legacy. And I feel like it makes the most sense, like contextually to tell you how I came about with creating a legacy and not a company. Um, I was in a job, it was about a year ago now, I was in my nine to five job and I loved what it is that I was doing. I was in influencer marketing. I was the chief VP. I was a strategy designer, a very prestigious job. I loved creating these creative campaigns for our clients. The clients I was getting to work with were my dream clients. I mean, we got to work with Nickelodeon. So I didn't really want to give that up, but there was still a piece of me who felt like it was difficult for me to get out of bed in the morning because I couldn't make the connection to being a marketer and to being like what it, what kind of, what I was leaving on the world. Like everybody looks down on marketers and say, Oh, you just want us to buy stuff. Like your job is to uh, like contribute to the commercialism of everything that's going on right now. And that didn't make me feel good because I don't, I like question myself as do I even believe in that? Do I even believe that marketing is this huge thing? And Um, So what kind of prompted me was to think about myself in the bigger ecosystem. When I was an entrepreneur, I knew exactly who I was impacting. I knew what my function was. I knew my company was doing good things, but I either had a choice to find that in my existing company, find that in myself, merge that together. Um, and, but, but I had the choice to find that or to leave and go back and be an entrepreneur again, be my own company, start from scratch all over again. So I made this decision to basically create a personal brand. I created social creates impact as a personal brand that would kind of speak to who I am. And rather than leaving my job, which I loved, I created 
social creates impact to actually speak to what it is that I've done in my past, what it is that I was doing now, and what it is that I want to be doing in the future. So if I continue along a path of being a marketer, being a creator, being somebody in the corporate world, any job that I take in the future has got to align with that mission to keep me purposeful, to keep me waking up in the morning, and to make sure that what I leave on this world through working is actually going to make a, an impact to the, the generations that come after us. Um, so I created Social Creates Impact more as a personal brand. I call it a legacy or a mission. Um, and basically it gave me the flexibility to build whatever I wanted to as long as it aligned with that mission. So it could become products, it could become courses, it could become content, it could really become anything. It became a podcast for me. Um, who knows where it's going to go in the future, but it's all built around who I am and my legacy and my mission. And it's very different from a traditional company, but it makes me feel so good inside <laughs> like to know that everything's kind of in alignment and what I'm doing is um, within what it is that I want to be doing and the impacts that I want to be leaving on the world. And it's something that I could be proud of that, that when I'm doing the work and the stuff that I like and the things that I hate, that things that I'm hating are actually going to be contribute to something that I'm going to be really happy with. That is so good. I mean, I feel like, you know, we all as entrepreneurs, we're out there, we're working, we're trying to help our clients, we're trying to do the things that we're doing. And it, you've taken it a step further. And I really like that because, you know, you're looking at everything as a whole and how can I make this, you know, as marketers, we are misunderstood in a way. We are not just, you know, I worked for Target Corporation for 10 years and it's like, okay, I bought stuff. You know, that's what I did. I bought stuff for Target for marketing. And it's, and it's, it's so much more because we're really, we're telling stories, we're sharing, you know, missions, we're doing so many good things and we're really running businesses. That's how they grow is through marketing. So I feel like um, what you're doing is, it's amazing. Um, it's just creating something much more um, and it's so creative. And I would have probably never thought of that. <laughs> well, I had to teach myself creativity. That was like my mission last year. Cause I was, I was lagging a little in the creativity, but when I started teaching myself because my job needed it, it's like, well, I'm going to be creative in the rest of my life too. And ideas just came. Um, I had, I was forced with the, I kept my company on the side with my nine to five. So I had um, blend social marketing, which was my marketing company, where I did social media marketing, content marketing, some lower scale influencer marketing. I kept that for four years just as a crutch, just in case I needed the opportunity to make some money on the side because my nine to five wasn't paying the bills. And for a long time, I was um, having to pay back that debt of being an entrepreneur. So my nine to five bills weren't, my nine to five job was not paying the bills. I kept that. And then I had the decision because I felt like I was still. Like I wasn't fully committed to something and I had to make a really hard choice to either, you know, let my nine to five go or let my company go, um, chose to let my company go, but knew that I needed some kind of creative playground. I needed something to put in its place because what nine to five doesn't give you is that entrepreneurial feeling like you're in control. You can design, you can use the colors you want to use. You can talk about what it is that you want to do. You're really not able to do that in a corporate job, but you are able to do that when you're an entrepreneur and I kind of needed to play there. That's what I needed to do. So I wasn't completely open with getting rid of my side hustle or some kind of creative playground for me to have the opportunity to do some of the things that I loved doing and that was creating. And that's so awesome. And I feel like so many people are in your shoes where that corporate job isn't giving them exactly what they need. So starting a side hustle is, I mean, that's how I've started all of my stuff is side hustles. Mm -hmm. um, 
And I think it's such a good thing. And so many more people are stuck in these positions where they hate it. They hate going to work. What can they do? And starting a side hustle is the answer in many cases. Um, so what, what, is the, what do you wish you had known when you started out with this whole journey of, you know, do I stay in the corporate world? Do I leave my, I'm like, what do you, what is something starting out you wish you would have known? I just wish I was kinder to myself um, because when I, I started, I've, I've been back and forth between entrepreneurship and corporate world at least four times now. <laughs> um, when I graduated in 2011, I had such a hard time finding a job because I graduated into what was the tail end of the economic recession back in 2008. And I couldn't find, like, I thought I was made for a corporate job. I had the internships for it, but I, I just couldn't find it. I couldn't get the jobs I needed to get. So I took an internship with an entrepreneur. It was just me and him. And he basically like opened my world to what it means to create your own business, to get your own clients, to do all of that. I was exposed to all of that very early. Um, I was kind of entrepreneurial with him, but he ended up building an agency, which ended up very corporate. So I went from that entrepreneurial kind of thing to being um, in the corporate world with him, um, found out that I could do what he did because he taught me how to do it. So I went out on my own and did the social media thing just so I had better control over my clients and who it is I brought into the company because I really wanted to align with what my clients are producing. And some certain categories like tech, I was really not into. So I was like, well, I'm just going to do health and wellness because that's my world. That's what I'm excelling in. And, and I'm going to do that in my own company. So I went then to my own company. Um, we had just like an event where I lost a couple of huge clients and that made up a bulk of my income. And I had to refill that work with another source of income. And I found this um, position with higher influence. And in the very beginning, it was part time. So I was like, oh, well, this is great. I can do my health and wellness thing. And then I can design um, influencer marketing strategies for this company. Um, and that company kind of took over, wanted all of my time. And I had to go back to the corporate world. So mm -hmm. I've flopped back and forth like four times. And every time I like ended in that corporate world, going from entrepreneurship to corporate world kind of makes you feel a little bit like you sold out. Like you don't have that entrepreneur, entrepreneurial spirit it almost makes you sometimes feel like a failure because it's like, oh, well, I sold out and went back to corporate. But there's so many benefits of both of them. And to have the kind of story where you go back and forth between both of the worlds, it, it, you know, the corporate world always brought something to the table that the entrepreneurial world could benefit from. And they played off of each other. And I wish that I was kinder to myself and recognized that there is benefits to both of them. The, the resources that both of them gave me would eventually impact and mold my career rather than to continually sit and feel like I sold out. I didn't do a good enough. I failed. I did this or did that. So um, definitely would have been kinder to myself in that regard, because looking back, everything just kind of seamlessly fit together. And you can see how the two of them built off of each other. That is so awesome. And I'm, you know, as, as, you know, Stephanie's talking, I'm just nodding my head because I've, I've been in her shoes and I've been, you know, flip-flopping back and forth. Is this the right decision? Isn't it? And, and I, you know, I just love that part of your story that you have now found exactly what fits you and, you know. It's, it's a good fit. So as far as, you know, influencer marketing, um, this is a new thing, right? I mean, this is new to kind of the world of marketing. I mean, I started in marketing 17 years ago. So it's like dog years, <laughs> where, you know, I'm like 105 here. But, um, you know, back then, I mean, obviously, this wasn't a thing. So helping influencers kind of tell us about 
that process and how what you do for an influencer? So we worked uh, mainly on the brand side. Um, it was a really strange way that I got into this, but I was just working with a client in my PR agency who's like, PR isn't working for me. What's next? Like, what's the new thing millennials are doing? And at the time it was Instagram. So we recognized that there was this whole, at the time they were a fitness client, it was a fitness community on Instagram. And we're like, how do we tap into that community? And we just started sending people samples of protein powder tubs. And they were taking those tubs and they were talking about the brand daily. And it got to the point where like we were doing kind of like a PR offshoot, but we were doing it in an online community. And that was like the base root of influencer marketing. So I've been in it since the very start. And I've always been on the brand side, kind of helping brands understand how to use these online communities, how to tap into the gym, how to tap into them, how to do sampling, how to build ambassador programs. I've always done that. Um, with higher influence, which is even bigger than you're getting into your Fortune 100, Fortune 500 um, brands, and they're looking at activations. How do we talk about this new movie launch? How do we talk about this new product launch? And it just grew bigger and bigger as the industry grew bigger. Um, I've now flipped it around to work with creators too, because I'm recognizing there was like a piece last year. It was around the time Coachella was going on. And we all know that Coachella can sometimes be very dramatic. Um, And there was a girl whose video I was watching and she basically faked being at Coachella. She was not really there, but she proved to the world that she could not even be there, use Photoshop, pretend like she was there, not go, and she would dupe the world. And I was like, wow, this is not a good time to be an influencer marketing when the world is looking at this and, and kind of looking down at influencers and being like, well, you have all that, you're making all this money. Why do you keep trying to sell me things? And there was just this weird backlash happening in the influencer marketing world um, where I realized that influencers had to be about something more. Mm -hmm. So just like I had to be about something more, just like I was working on my legacy, influencers had to be about something more. There's a lot that needed to be educated on both the brand side that I was doing through my job, doing through consulting calls, but also on the, on the creator side, they need to know what brands are looking for. They need to know what direction the brands are going in. So now I'm kind of playing on both sides where I obviously have the expertise and the experience on the brand side, but I'm working with creators to help them understand the conversations that we're having on the brand side so that they could be more valuable. Because if the two of them don't work together, then often they're kind of at heads, butting heads with each other. Mm-hmm. If the two of them don't work together on brand deals, don't work together on sponsorships, don't work together on things, the whole industry itself is going to explode or implode and nobody's going to make money. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm kind of taking this space where I'm using a lot of the knowledge and experience that I've had to work on both sides of the story and try to mold it into something that consumers aren't backlashing at. So that was piece, that was a part of what my legacy was about too, was I don't believe in commercialism. I don't like it when people are constantly trying to sell me products. I don't like it when people are adding me on Instagram. And the first thing it is that they do is try to sell me their MLM. Like I hate a lot of that. And I know that if, if, if advertising continues to get saturated, that we're going to end up there and we're, our online communities are going to start to look like Times Square and people are not going to be happy. And it really takes what's beautiful about social media. So the community, the content building, and it, it overruns what's always been great about being able to be part of an online community. So I wanted to be able to protect that. I wanted brands to be able to be a little bit more impactful with what they're doing online. So to look at that influencer marketing campaign as a little bit more than just a, 
an ad. It's got to be interactive. It's got to serve the end consumer, not just the influencer. It's not about you. It's about creating some kind of experience that somebody can have. And so we try to take things in a different direction. Now I'm kind of working at them both on both sides and within my own legacy, like within my own personal brand and company. That is amazing. And I think you just hit, you know, a lot of marketing, what marketing is today on the head, as far as, you know, storytelling and sharing that experience, because marketing isn't being sold to anymore. It isn't a billboard. It isn't, you know, it's much, much more. And that's something that I preach on to the clients I work with too. And like any education is you need to tell a story. You need to share that story. You need to build that brand that way because people do not want to sell, do not want to buy when they don't know, you know, they want to have that connection. So that's why they want to buy from you. Um, and that's so awesome. So as far as, you know, I feel like we, when it comes to competition, I mean, you are kind of in your own little world. (laughs) And so as far as, you know, your competition, I mean, is there anything like, what do you do to market yourself to stand out from anyone that's, you know, like what you're doing? I wouldn't say that I'm in my own little world. Um, and it especially wasn't true about higher influence, which is where I've been. I, I only left that position in March, but it definitely wasn't true of higher influence because there's about 200, 300 different influencer marketing companies you can go with. There's platforms you can use, there's communities, there's freelancers, there's everything. So I always felt like it was very high competition. Still kind of view myself that way too. I kind of still view myself in very high competition, but I'm not about competing. I'm about two things. I'm about a differentiating, which is a lot of work that I've done in the background has been about trying to understand that my story and my experience and where it is that I came from is unique and nobody's going to have that same story. Mm-hmm. So everything from how it is that I started off in that entrepreneurial space, how many times I flip flopped between um, the corporate world entrepreneurship, the fact that I lost a hundred pounds while working with health and wellness companies, like this is all part of my story and this is all what makes me unique. And if I can find the themes in it, that's what makes me unique and different. So I differentiate on my story. I differentiate on my experience, knowing that nobody else is going to have that. I also don't like to totally view competition. I like to think about collaboration because I don't know if it's just my experience and where I've been in the past, but I just feel like everyone's so quick to butt heads and not come together and work together to create something bigger. There's power in numbers, there's strength in numbers. So now I'm starting to look at people who do the same thing I, as I do and say, wow, what can we create together? Mm-hmm. Um, because I just don't think, I think, I don't know, but competition has been very dirty to me. <laughs> I'm really not a fan. And I'm just like, wow, this is cool. I'm dying as a solopreneur and an entrepreneur. Sometimes you're dying for, for that like camaraderie. You're dying for that collaboration. And I think I got to the point where it's like, I want to do more with people. I don't care if you're my competition. What can we do together? This is great. Um, influencer marketing is like that too, because it's such a small niche of a bigger marketing and I've specialized in it for so long that it in itself is very small. So the minute that I found other people who knew influencer marketing the way I did, we would have these just crazy engaging conversations. And it was like, wow, we need to do something together. It wasn't about competing and we could be working for two competing companies. It just, it never occurred to me that uh, there was competition there. It always occurred to me. It's like, wow, this is my impact and legacy. What can we do 
to get there because they're seeing the same thing I'm seeing. They're on board with my impact and my legacy, and they're going to help me get there a lot faster because there's strength in numbers. That's awesome. And that's a great way, you know, a great attitude to have and a great positive way to look at that because I think um, that is a changing movement is trying to, you know, collaborate versus compete. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like there is enough room in this world for everybody. There's enough room, enough space. We can all do our own little, you know, twist and turn and make everything unique to us in a way. So I think that's awesome. So what hurdles did you personally face and how did you overcome them when it comes to building your business? Uh, so many hurdles. Um, I think uh, I know it's a tricky like, question. It's like, no, it's like, which one do I want to talk about? Cause there's so <laughs> many of them too. Um, I think one of the biggest hurdles has, has been the money issue. And I, that's one of the biggest hurdles with me right now is, you know, when I left to become an entrepreneur, start my first agency, I did. So living in my parents' house in New Jersey, very young, um, you know, I had money in the bank. I had some savings. Um, so I was okay if I lost clients. I was okay if I had to start from very, very small. Um, being 30 now, being older, being on my own, not having the dual income, being in California where I feel really good. Um, it's very scary to have to go and have that attitude towards money and say, hey, like I'm willing to drain all of my savings because I'm not at this point. I know at this point, entrepreneurship kind of feels like, oh, well, this is such a big risk and I'm gambling with all of the money it is that I have. And the money issue, especially during COVID right now with everything going on, the money issue has been the scariest part about being an entrepreneur for me because you really need to work on saving. You really, if you have a drought with clients, you have to have some money saved up, which means you have to charge more, which means you have to worry about clients looking at you and saying, you're not worth this. And then it creates so many other struggles that you're constantly being like, shooting off from this whole money issue and that's always been one of the issues with me with entrepreneurship and that's what scares me about doing things going forward it's like you know I that's kind of also what has been great about the bounce between corporate and entrepreneurship is like corporate sometimes gave me that structure that I needed and the ability to save some income not have to worry about my taxes not have to worry about everything it is entrepreneurs have to worry about in terms of of money flow um, and then save that up and then worry about it for a short time when I went to entrepreneur world. So that's always been like, I think one of the biggest struggles with me. Um, and especially as I get older, I think it just gets more accentuated that, um, you know, starting from zero, which you do when you build a new entity um, without a client base, without really knowing where you're going to get your business from. Um, I've, it wasn't like that in the beginning. It, you know, I had a client base when I started Bun Social Marketing, which made it a little bit easier for me. But right now I know I'd have to build that up from scratch again, uh, which just very much scares me. So mm-hmm. uh, it's been tough, but the minute one or two people start like to say how great what it is that you're doing is and give you that confidence to be like, you know, this is really working for you. I could see this working for you. You get a little bit more confident and you're like, yeah, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, forget the money. (laughs) Like (laughs) it'll, it'll return someday. Maybe when I'm 50 and you know, maybe I'm old and you know, what's money anyway, kind of gives you that attitude. So that's always been one of my biggest struggles and um, just kind of knowing that the money will be there again, just knowing that 
Um, you have to look at the long-term picture too. Uh, one of my friends told me the other day, what's best for you is what's best for you in the long term. Like I understand where you are now, short term, thinking about money, thinking about how you're going to put a roof over your head, thinking about all these things. But you know you can build a brand and you can build something that successfully takes you from zero to 100 real quick. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened with me and my, my former company. I went from making um, roughly $50,000 in two years, I had nearly doubled my salary and was making six figures. I knew that happened over a two year period. And I had to really think back at that and be like, Oh, well, if that happens again, which is very likely that that could happen again, um, then I, what it is I'm worrying about right now, all the short term stuff doesn't really matter because I'm better off in the long term. So sometimes looking at the short term versus long term has been incredibly helpful for me to just realize what decisions that I need to make. And you know, the money is just your short-term focus. You really need to kind of expand your view. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think that's the hardest part about entrepreneurship is, you know, starting and where's my income coming from and all that great stuff. And um, I found, you know, I started my first business when I was working full-time and it was a heck of a lot of work. I mean, you're working 40 plus hours a week, you're coming home, you're eating dinner, and then you're back on the computer building your business. And, but I was driven to have more and I think that's what makes me, um, you know, enjoy entrepreneurship is that I've, I'm driven to have more than someone just paying me a salary every year, every year, you know, every month or whatever. It's like, I know that there's more out there and I, I know that I can, you know, do this. And I think that's awesome. On uh, the flip side too, it's been very eye-opening for me, um, you know, putting a mark in the corporate column or putting an X in the corporate column because this is a, this is a, a con is that at least as a contractor, right? You may lose some of your business as an entrepreneur, but you may not be losing all of your business. When you lose a job in the corporate world, you lose a hundred percent of your income. So, you know, just comparing the two of them, it's like, okay, right now I'm worrying about having zero income. But when I lost a couple of big clients, I wasn't worried about making up everything. I was worried about making up just a small part, just that small portion, or it was actually a large portion, but just that large portion. And I was able to make that up in two weeks. So it's very different um, mindset. And, you know, with the benefit of being an entrepreneur is you can diversify your income streams and you have the time and you have the control to be able to say, this is where I'm going to spend my money and this is what's profitable to me. Mm -hmm. So um, that's just kind of one of the things I'm continually thinking about as an entrepreneur is if I have control over myself, I have control over how it is I work. can control my income streams to be a little bit more recession proof than my corporate job was. That's awesome. So within your business, like what are your goals and how do you plan to achieve those in the next, let's say year? So what's been a little bit different with, um, with me and what makes me again unique to be in your podcast i think is what my goals were a lot more emotional than they were physical um her influence in itself the corporate job was very demanding of me um to the point where continually setting those goals for me i think would have been detrimental so to set these sales goals and say i'm going to make double what it is i did this year to, to kind of set those real physical gritty goals for me i think would have been a detriment what i set as goals instead were emotional goals. So I wanted to feel like I was driven to wake up every day. And I wanted to feel like I would be fine if I spent 10 hours in front of my computer, because those were things that I wasn't feeling at the moment. And I knew that they impacted my productivity and my ability to reach those physical goals long term if I didn't 
focus on emotional goals. So what I did was set like these very emotional goals. I want to feel secure um, in my money saving goals. I wanted to feel like at a sense of security. So I wanted to save a little bit more. So I would set these kind of emotional goals about how I wanted to feel, understand how I needed to get there. And then those emotional goals would kind of highlight what the physical goals were, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as soon as I set the emotional goal of saying that I was going to, um, I wanted to feel like I was doing my best work, right? That paved the way for me to have a $2 million a year, which was double what it is that I had done the, the previous year. And um it was, it was weird because I never set that 2 million goal. And that's what they teach in corporate world. Like they tell you, you're going to, what's your sales figure for this year? $2 million. Okay. That's your sales figure. And I was like, no, my sales figure is 1 million, which is what it was last year. I was like, my goals, my actual goals this year are to feel purposeful, to be able to do longer hours at my computer, to be able to feel like I'm doing my highest quality work because that in itself, if I start to feel those ways, I will get to that $2 million. Mm-hmm. Um, be more creative. Creativity was a big goal of mine last year and it's so abstract, but I knew that it impacted the bigger goals. So my emotional goals were kind of those micro goals and they paved the way to big goals happening that I uh, probably otherwise wouldn't have thought was achievable. <laughs> That's awesome. And I, and I really, you know, you, you kept saying over and over and over, you know, it's basically be happy. You need to be happy with what you're yeah. doing. And, you know, I mean, I love that you found, you know, you were enjoying what you were doing and, but you knew that there was more out there. You knew that, you know, this is, I need to take another step and pivot and change. And, you know, that's kind of what I've talked about a lot on, on my podcast and all the stuff I've been publishing is just how I, telling businesses and showing them how to pivot and, you know, influencers, whatever it may be, you know, teaching them how to pivot is probably the, a hard thing because people don't want to change. They want to just keep going, keep pushing away. But especially right now, I mean, you know, with everything that's going on, you do need to pivot in everything you're doing. And um, so I think it's awesome that you found that, you know, this is, you want something more and that you're willing to take a risk and do it. I think that's awesome. Um, Because I think that, you know, we see those quotes out there that say things like set goals, break them down, something very like scientific formula to it, and that you're going to have to do things that you don't want to do. But I think what that's missing when it's out there without any kind of context is understanding that, yes, you're going to have to do things that you don't want to do, but everything that you do shouldn't be something that you don't want to do. You know, there should be a bigger amount of things that you want to do. You should be able to get to do those things you want to do for everything it is you do that you don't want to do. It shouldn't be that you're kind of doing all the stuff that's not not getting you anywhere, not really fulfilling you, not making you happy and not, you know, contributing to your mental health because, your career is 30, 50, 60 years at this point. I mean, like, who knows how long we're going to be working because I haven't saved for my retirement and I'm like 30, (laughs) whatever years old. So who knows how long I'm going to be working, but that's a really long time for me to be working and be not happy. That's the majority of my life. So my mother had always told me, you know, you have to be happy. You have to love what you do. And I don't think you have to love every part of what it is that you do, but you need to have some kind of purpose connected to what you do. You have to at least like it enough to be able to do it every day or do some piece of it because the further you get in your career, even in the corporate world, um, and you can always pivot. Like you said, you can always change where it is that you go, but normal career succession, like 
especially for me in marketing, I'm already pigeonholed into marketing for a really long time. If I want to start over, it comes with a financial risk. So if I'm going to choose marketing, I need to choose marketing in a way that's going to be long-term for me. And I have to continue choosing something that makes me happy, make sure that marketing itself makes me happy because the deeper I get, the harder it's going to be for me to come out. Exactly. And, and I feel like there's so many people kind of stuck in that too. And it's, you know, when, when I look back at, you know, working 40 hours plus hours a week for my job, there was times I had to work on weekends. I hated it. I hated coming home. I was crabby all the time. I mean, there's obviously like, there's the downs with any company or any job, but now as an entrepreneur, because I feel like I have so much control over what I'm doing and I, I love to work. Like I work, you know, I have two little boys and well, they're 11 and six, but I have two kids. And so it's like, you know, they're on their computer learning. I'm working. We eat dinner. I put them to bed and I work again because I like, I enjoy it and I look forward to it. Like I, you know, I I enjoy it. So it's kind of when you love what you do, you put a lot more of yourself into it and a lot more time. And then in the end, it turns out to money. So it's, I love your story. It's great. (laughs) So as far as marketing tips, um, something that you know, someone in the same space as you or, you know, kind of just some general marketing tips. What are things that you can share to someone that's listening to this podcast? So I'm an influencer marketing world and one of the biggest buzzwords in influencer marketing world, um, but it also applies to like every other industry ever, even if you're an entrepreneur, is authenticity. So authenticity is basically like being real with yourself. Um, I think it's very hard to do online because you see everyone else and you're kind of forced to put your best foot forward. Um, But we kind of know there are dark days and there are sunny days. Um, Being authentic means kind of showing everything and being who it is that you are and showing the good, showing the bad. Don't be afraid to tell a story. Don't be afraid to be imperfect. I'm the kind of person who's attracted to imperfection. It's like (laughs) we can't hold this image of ourselves to be perfect 100% of the time. So I'm going to be the kind of person who's going to give you my business if if I see that you're not perfect. Like I don't want to support a brand who thinks they're perfect in all ways. It's just not who I am. So being who you are online, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're a brand, you just need to kind of be real. And authenticity is usually the number one marketing tip is to find what makes you real, to find those stories that make you real, to find those hardships that make you real and to don't be afraid to communicate them. Not as a brand, don't be afraid to make mistakes as a brand. Everybody thinks like, making a mistake as a brand is like the worst thing ever. And it's really not. And I think we're seeing this in COVID right now too. It's like, you know, who would dare put Target under the bus, but people putting Target under the bus right now for, for cleanliness and sanitation and all this stuff. It's like no brand is perfect. Um, there's going to be hard times for sure. This is one of them. So you need to be able to forgive people's mistakes. And if we stop acting like we're perfect and we all do it, then it's going to be better for all of us in the, in the meantime. So authenticity is one of my biggest marketing tips. Um, I think the other one's differentiation, which I talked about as myself. It's like, there's going to continue to be more brands that pop up. There's going to continue to be a more competition in quotes. Um, cause you know, I don't believe in it. There's going to continue to be more competition. So 
don't just do the same thing everybody does. Find that one thing that makes you a little bit different. It could be in your story. It could be in your product. It could be something, but differentiation is going to be huge going forward as, as far as marketing is concerned, because there's always going to be that competition. There's always going to be someone who even steals your idea because everything is so visible right now online. So differentiating yourself, not being able, afraid to pivot in that differentiation, not being afraid to explore that differentiation definitely is going to be one of the biggest marketing tips no matter who you are. Again, as a creator, as a brand, as anything, differentiation for me is key because um, there's so much selection right now and it's only going to get worse. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's awesome because I, I feel like for myself too, I'm, you know, when I am on social media, I do want to have that perfect, like everything's put together and I take time to, you know, make sure everything's ready and whatever. And I do need to show up more real. And um, that's one thing that I need to work on too, is just show my like everyday life. I mean, right now it's complete chaos and how I'm treading water and how a lot of us are treading water is amazing because, you know, a lot of us are turned into teachers overnight. A lot of us turned into, you know, we were, some people were going into work and now they're staying home. So I think there's a lot um, to show that real is that real side too of your, you and your business and it's just going to really bring people in and really get them to um, build trust, build relationships. And that's kind of what marketing is all about these days is, is that trust and relationship and all that great stuff. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I appreciate you being on the show today. I love what you're doing. I love your um, turning, you know, what you're doing into more of a legacy than just another company out there. I think that's awesome. I, I feel like there's a lot of passion behind what you're doing and you've changed through you know, over time, you knew what wasn't right and what was right, and you were able to pivot. And um, I think that's awesome. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, this is awesome. Just, I, you know, I can talk about myself all the time, but having somebody else to talk with me, uh, it just makes the story come out a little bit better. So I truly appreciate this and I uh, love the opportunity to talk to your audience as well. So hopefully, hopefully they get a lot of good valuable stuff out of it. <laughs> good. Well, I thank you so much. And um, everyone keep going out there and getting those goals. Have a good day.